Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. It's in this passage that we hear how we are to be known. We are to be known as those who love one another. Jesus says His disciples will be known by our love for one another. Um, as a church, as Redeemer Baptist Church, um, there's, a, 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 there's three things that I want us to be characterized by uh, as, a, as, a, uh, as a kind of a model, as a kind of a, a way that we organize our discipleship. Uh, one is I want to make priority of our worship time together. And then two is that we, um, I'm sorry, (laughs) I can't think straight. Um, Two is that we serve together. And we do that every Wednesday night, and we do that in multiple different ways, that we serve together. And then also um, that we would have a, a gospel community together that we would care for one another's needs. And over the last year, um, I've seen ways in which that's grown, in which how we've, how we've cared for one another's needs. And I think that really fits with tonight on loving one another. Jesus wants us to be characterized by loving one another. And we can't do that just on Sunday nights. <laughs> we have to be in one another's life throughout the week. Um, we have to, and we also can't minimize Sunday nights. If we never meet together as a body, then how do we really demonstrate that we love one another? So let's look at our passage from tonight. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself, and glorify Him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You seek Me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You have spoken in it. Lord, that it is 
your perfect word. Lord, that we do not have to wander in darkness wondering what your will is, how to know you, but Lord, you have spoken to us. And Lord, when we read these words, we know that it's your voice. Father, we pray that you would give us ears to hear tonight, to hear your word. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and hearts to understand and obey. Father, give me strength tonight. Give me strength and give me grace as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, it it begins when he had gone out. Now, who had gone out? Now, remember last week we were looking at the time when the disciples were meeting together. And it had already occurred that Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. They had washed, he had gotten down like a, a low slave and he had washed all of his disciples' feet, including Judas. And last week we saw how Judas left that room after Jesus had handed him a piece of bread and went out to betray Jesus. And so this is when this happens. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. God is glorified in him, and God is If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. So we have this statement from Jesus. As soon as Judas walks out, he says, now is the time that God is going to be glorified. He's going to be glorified at once. Because Jesus had come although He had shared the glory with the Father from all eternity past. He had shared that glory with Him in the Trinity. And yet, He became flesh. And now, after Judas had gone to betray Him, He was about to do the thing that He had come to earth for. The thing that He had become a human being for. And He would be glorified. Why did Jesus come to this earth? Why did He come? Well, it was to save us. And in another sense, it was also to glorify God. It was to glorify Him. It was to glorify Himself as well. Romans talks about how in times past that sin was overlooked. It appeared to be just overlooked by God. The the people would sin and they would do, do sacrifices of animals and things like that, but none of those things could really take away sin. And so it could be said that of all that time leading up to the cross, is God really just? Is God really just to just dismiss sin like that? And then the fact that Jesus died for our sins, He came to the cross to take our punishment, actually justifies God. It shows that He was 
glorious. It shows that He is glorious. It shows that He had perfect justice when He forgives our sins. Because our sins were not just swept under the rug, but they were nailed to Jesus on the cross. Jesus had come to glorify the Father in that. He had come to be glorified in Himself as well as people look to Him in faith. As we look to Him as the object of our faith. It's not just a generic turning away from our sins. It's not just a generic faith in faith but it's faith in a person. It's faith in Jesus Christ who came and lived the perfect life and He died on a cross and rose for our justification. He is glorified perfectly in the fact that He is the object of our faith now for what He did there on the cross. And then... This is a strange thing for us because what was Jesus doing? He was being beaten. He was being mocked. He was being spit upon. And He was nailed to a cross. This was a cruel act of um, execution. And yet, for Jesus, the Son of God, it was to become glorious. While He was humiliated in becoming a human being, and and He was humiliated as He was taken to the cross, it was actually the very thing that He would use to glorify God and to glorify Himself. And then, Jesus turns to His disciples And He gives them instructions on what they're to do. As He says farewell, because the time of being glorified is near, He gives His disciples instructions which are to go on from the time of the disciples on to us until He comes again. Little children. He speaks in those tender words. He doesn't speak as... As an authoritarian, he speaks like a parent kneeling down and talking to his little children and says, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, now so I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. He, he tells them, I know you're not going to understand this, but I'm going to go away for a while. And you can't come now. And then he says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Now we think on this and we think, is this really new? Is this really new? We know the two greatest commandments from Scripture. There was love God with all of your heart and your mind and your strength. With everything that you have, love God. And the second is likened to it, right? Love your neighbor 
as yourself. And loving our neighbor, we, we might ask, who's our neighbor? We think of the story of the Good Samaritan when Jesus explained that. And the story of the Good Samaritan, your neighbor is whoever's in need, right? The Samaritan was the one who was a neighbor to the man who had been by the side of the road. Our neighbor includes everyone. Rather, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic status, it doesn't matter what um, ethnicity, it doesn't matter male, female, black, or white, it doesn't matter. Our neighbor includes everyone. But here Jesus says something kind of different. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's not like the first commandment that we love God. And while it's very similar to the one that says we are to love our neighbor, there's a uniqueness because he's speaking to his disciples. And he's saying that as believers, we are to love one another. Now, this isn't to be taken as if we'd need to love our neighbor less than one another. But it is to be taken, there should be a special love that we have between one another as believers. We recognize one another as brothers and sisters. We recognize one another as those who love one another. I think it's very fitting that Wanda comes to join us tonight. And she can join in as we love one another and we serve one another, we care for one another's needs. And Jesus says, not only love one another, but He follows that up with an example, as I have loved you. Jesus had just shown them this example whenever He had gotten down on His knees, He had the towel wrapped around Him, and He washed His disciples' feet. Jesus says, as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. But ultimately, Jesus loves even more whenever He goes to the cross and He lays down His life for the disciples. We ought to have a kind of love, that, not that we could die an atoning death for anybody, we can't do that. But we love one another in laying down our own preferences. Laying down our own will. Laying down our lives for one another. In the same way that Jesus had loved His disciples. <clears throat> A new commandment I give to you, Jesus says, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this... All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We want Panama to know we're real. Jesus tells us how to know that, how to do that. If we love one another. If we love one another. His, he says, truly, He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so often our world gives a different picture of what Christianity is all about. What you see on television. What you see 
in all sorts of different places may not really represent the true Christianity. There's all kinds of counterfeits out there. So how are they going to know that we're real and not just another one of the counterfeits that you see on TV? But it's by our love for one another. To love one another, to care for one another's needs. And for that to spill over and to love on our community. To wash their houses. To buy shoes for their kids. Those things that I think... Redeemer Baptist Church has been doing a pretty good job at. And we're growing and we're doing... This is not... I don't mean that we can't grow. But just think about it. This is how we are to be known that we are really His disciples if we love one another. And then Simon Peter... You know, Jesus is talking about the time that He's going to go to the cross. He's going to be glorified. He's going away and His disciples can't go with Him. And Peter doesn't understand. And he says, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter was enthusiastic. He had zeal. He he knew that he would just die for Jesus. Little we know. Who know the rest of the story. He had all kinds of zeal. And yet Jesus says, you can't go where I'm going. And then he asked the question, will you really Lay down your life for me. That's what I came to do, Jesus thinks, right? I came, in Jesus' words, Jesus came to lay down his life for Peter and for all of us. Peter can't lay down his life for Jesus. And yet, remember Jesus also said, but you will follow afterwards. This is brought up again in John 21 later on we get hints of what happens to Peter eventually. Tradition tells us that Peter actually did go to a cross. Later on, that he was persecuted and he was taken to a cross and he did not feel he was worthy to die in the same manner of death that his Savior did. And he requested that he be crucified upside down. Peter did ultimately follow through with the words that he said there, I would die for you. But at this moment... Peter wasn't ready for that. Jesus knew, and he answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. What I see between Jesus telling us we have a new commandment to love one another right next to the passage where we read of Peter being told that he would deny Jesus, this is something I see. There's, there, it's not a coincidence that these verses were next to each other. How are people going to know we are His disciples? It's not by our zeal. It's not by how excited we get. Peter was very excited. Peter had lots of zeal. And yet his zeal failed. 
How are people going to know how we, that we are really His disciples? It's not by our zeal, but it's by our love. By how we love one another. How we care for one another. And ultimately, all of that love that we have that pours out to one another and out over the walls into our community, that love comes from Jesus. We could not love if He did not first love us. He loved us in being glorified. He loved us in coming down, living a perfect life, dying upon a cross, and raising again in glory. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church in Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook. 